0: You reading that book again? Yeah. So what? I like the pictures. That was me having a typical conversation with one of my siblings when we were growing up. There was this book I really liked, and it was because the pictures were so cool, and it was kind of how I felt sometimes. Hey, this is Michelle Spive, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Join me on the flip when we talk about where the wild things are. I'll see you then. Where the wild things are. Wow, that was my jam. That was my book when I was a little kid growing up. I remember staring at the pictures as if trying to will them to come to life. I loved the animals with the hooked horns and the shaggy manes and their bigness among the dense trees of this wonderful island of wild things. And I would find myself just lost in that book. And I would read it Over and over and over to myself as a little kid. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this whole thing about the wild things as a kid. Okay. So, I'm this little kid, and I'm this little kid in a big family. And I'm this little kid in a big family with big personalities. And in this family, I didn't have that big of a personality. I don't know what it was. I was shy. I just wanted to blend in and make sure that I wasn't the one causing too much of a ruckus or getting too much attention. And so I would retreat into these books. Now, of course, growing up in a large family in what used to be considered a normal sized house, you were going to share your bedroom with your siblings. And so even when I would go to my bedroom to retreat, to get away from it all, I would still have to contend with other siblings. But there was something about that book. It was something about when I opened those pages and saw the beginning pages of Max, mischievous Max, in the cutest little uh, wolf suit and just wrecking havoc through the house. I would get excited because I knew what was coming. I knew there was a great adventure where he would just be able to get away from it all. You see, for me, this was before Harry Potter. And that book was my escape into a different world. Yeah, there were beasts and it kind of had a darkness to it. But hey, that's what we had and that's what we worked with. But why is it that now as an adult... I still can remember the feelings that I had about losing myself in that little 40-page book and being just like Max, where I can become queen of my island and have my subjects all be happy. And when I looked back at it, I noticed that there was wisdom all over this little simple book. You see, with this book, it allowed me to be able to be my full self, the good, the bad, and the ugly when I lost myself in those pages. And yeah, I know I was supposed to probably say, Max, that's wrong when he would intimidate the wild things and tell them what they were gonna do and boss them around, but I enjoyed it. I wanted to be that too. And I really kind of like, you know it was like yeah max yeah <laughs> and and what i learned was is that when you look behind all the layers and if you're if you if you don't know the book i'm talking about let me let me just tell you see i, I love the book so much i just get to talking about it but this book the name of the book actually is where the wild things are uh, it, it was written and illustrated by maurice Sindak and uh, it has become a classic. It has had various ups and downs during its life. Um, It was first published in 1963, so that's quite a while back, Um, but it has become a classic, and what I found When I would lose myself in the pages of this book that could hold my attention, well, I mean, I was a kid, so what might have only been 10 minutes might have been a couple of hours in kid kid way, you know, the way I was looking at the book. But I didn't realize it until an adult and going back over my love of this book was that it helped me to find my place and it started helping me to understand and master my feelings there were times when things would go down at my house and I wouldn't like it, but I couldn't get up the courage to speak my mind. And so I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I would get frustrated and I would use um, hitting as a little kid um, because one of my siblings or a couple of my siblings might be quicker with their their tongue to lash out and to say hurtful things and so you know I would hit and that would get me in trouble but when i would pick up that book with max it he started to help me to deal with frustration and danger and all of those sides of me that were not the well-behaved quiet child that I aspired to be. Max was my alter ego in some regards and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, there is more that I can say about that, but this is the thing that I'm 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 going to say is that with that book, it was my entry. Into understanding that we have many facets to our personalities and to our lives, and that, yeah, for as much as we can be good, we can be mischievous and all. There's this quote that uh, I refer to sometimes when I'm trying to get my mind around something. And the quote is I'm going to mangle it, but I'm just going to say it. The quote is something like this No one is ever 100% innocent, nor 100% guilty. And when I think about that, I think back on reading these books, books like it as a child, and secretly cheering on the villain. <laughs> now, I know in another podcast, I talked about um, the you know both sides of the coin. I've even talked about villains. Um, There's a podcast I want to do where I do, I just talk about villain archetypes and what I love about them and how I use them even in my stories that I make up and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that's total geekdom. And I think I'm probably going to have to work up a little bit of nerve and a little bit more capital with you guys to get away with something like that. But in the meantime, and in between time, I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite books. (laughs) And that is that I wanted to have, as, as a little kid, I wanted to have agency. You know, I, I wanted to have power. I wanted to have that freedom to be myself and have subjects. Yeah, it was crazy, but it was my truth. And when I would take that book out, Everything was right as rain. It didn't matter who got more of what. It didn't matter if it was not my turn to do a chore, but I got stuck doing it anyway. It didn't matter. None of that mattered because I knew that when Max and I sailed across that moonlit sea and we got on the shores of the Wild Things Island, I knew that we were going to be able to rule some stuff and growing up i i actually had a time where i forgot all about that book but it's funny how things that we we hold dear when we we're children tend to come back and help us and, and and minister to our souls when we're adults you see there are times even now where i i feel um like and it, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's just my truth, where I feel like I am that silent person, not child, but that person whose voice doesn't matter and that I have to maintain and I can't do the things that I would like to do um, because I'm a good citizen. And now, let me get this straight you guys. I am not having daydreams of crime or causing harm to anyone or intimidating or subjecting anyone to anything. No, I am not. I am talking about the full expression of self um that says, "You know what?" Ah. I want to be irresponsible. I'm just going to take off. You know, I'm at that age in my life now where my whole body would quake and probably have a conniption fit if I tried to do I tried to do that. But it's times like that when I do think about what that book did for me and how I have seen it uh, maturate into my into my life, and I can look back and I can say, that because I was able to have that journey over and over again with little mischievous Max, that he helped me to develop the courage to have a better and fuller expression of myself. Now, let me go on the wisdom smack side of this wonderful little book, Where the Wild Things Are. What I, I noticed is that As I was looking back on this book and reflecting on it as an adult, um, I noticed that those those animals, the reason why they were willing to have Max become their king and their leader was because maybe the author meant this or maybe the author didn't, but this is the message I got, was that those things were reflections of facets of Max and facets of me those things with the tusk and the the shaggy hair and the human feet on <laughs> on what looked like an upright bison buffalo those were part of Max's and my shadow sides those were the parts that maybe as a kid we wanted to fully express them but at the time and during the culture we were taught to be compliant i was um Listening to something recently, and it was t- it, it it was um it it wasn't fun. It was just pure information. So you know I'm not going to even try to give you references for it. But the gist of it was is that they were talking about how um, there are challenges now to how we try to keep kids engaged. And um, when they talk about engaged, not just engaged with what they're learning, but engaged with being part of community. Because um, kids have so many more options. Um, During their class time, a lot of children are able to use computers to, to interact with their lessons. Um, they're able to bring phones with them, which is actually, I believe, a necessity these, necessity these days, especially in the United States where I live, where you never know what's going to go down at a, at a, um, a school and you want to make sure that you have a direct access to your child. Um, and so there are just different, different things that are there now that we as children didn't have to contend with. And so there has been much conversation throughout history. So this is not anything new, but there has been much uh, discussion of how to not only keep kids engaged, but how to not beat them into, and when I say beat them, I'm not talking about physical Corporal punishment. I'm talking about how to mold them um, into their best versions instead of molding them into compliant drones because that doesn't work, especially not, not today. And looking at that book, Where the Wild Things Are, I loved the word wild. I loved the word things because I didn't have to put a name on the creature and the creation. And I danced along with Max in my mind through those pages when he would dance with the wild things. And I, I, I reveled with him when he would lay out with them and take naps and all of the different adventures that happened in this little 40-page little book. And I started to learn that, for me, that was part of my lifeline of, of self-expression. You see, that book was part of something that I had a direct communication with that was outside of anything that described me as part of my family, my community, my ethnicity, or anything else. You see, Mischievous Max helped Michelle be brave enough to be that person who could do just about anything And I know it might sound like, Michelle, it was just a little book. You don't, (laughs) when, the younger you are, things have a greater impact. Uh, Speaking uh, life development wise, everything from the womb until about nine to 12 is going to shape who you are in your life with a high concentration on zero up to around seven. I, there's a reason why the Catholic Church dealt with seven as the, um, the age of, of knowledge for a little kid, where they, they know the difference between right or wrong. Um, over the years, when I've had opportunity to assist people in doing their mental work and doing their emotional work, we spent a lot of time dealing with how they reacted to their world during these formative ages because what you might think of is no big deal for a grown-up is a huge deal when it happens to a child. And that huge deal does not leave just because they've added more days behind the calendar of their anniversaries for birthdays. And so it's very realistic that you can be working with a 70-year-old person who had a slight when they were three that has formed and dictated everything they have gone through. And so with me sitting there and reading this book and going through the pages and just First of all, I will say this as a young black child of a brilliant, but a a black mama who did not play. I kind of was living uh, vicariously through Max because there was no way I would have been able to get get away with what he got away with, with only being sent to my room. That would be the first thing the next thing is is i'm not sure that i could definitely say when i woke up there would be food in my bedroom because my mama didn't play that she was like the kitchen is for eating i don't want ants or bugs or anything in these bedrooms so when you want to eat you do not get to eat in your room you come to the kitchen you know so there was a whole bunch of stuff and to me like this was a different you have to understand too, this was a different culture. This was, oh, he got away with that. Oh, I wish I could get away with that. You know? So like I said, I was vicariously like living through this. And so with all that being said, th- this is the part that I, I, I want to uh, talk about. And that is the the freedom to be wild, the freedom to do things and be things. Um, there is a um well it's a trinity and uh, it, it, it's a personal trinity and you may have heard it before but if not I'm just going to just go and say it and it's called be do have and i remember when i um would ref, would would refer back to this trinity And it was set up to help us understand what was the proper way of approaching something. Now, when I was in school, they really hammered that in uh, to help us not put the cart before the horse. And um, when when I was working on my MBA, that was a big tenet of how to work within a structure of a thriving business, to be it, do it, and have it. Instead of trying to do it so that you can have, so that you can be. And you guys, you would be amazed at how many people do this where it's not be, do, have. Instead of that is do, have, be. I'll try to do this stuff so I can have this stuff so I can be this stuff. You can even see it out in the world where you have people saying, fake it till you make it. Now, I'm not as averse to that as I used to be, because I do understand there are times when you just got to do something before you have uh, physically achieved it. But one thing that it doesn't cost anything tangibly, it does cost something for your um, mental and uh, soul uh, abilities to conjure up. But you don't have to get a loan or get resources or education to just believe in yourself. And when I think think about that book and I reflect on it, I'm thankful because Max opened my eyes to see that there were different types of people around the world and that our imagination could do any and everything we wanted. Because of Max, I had a healthy fantasy life as a kid. And little did I know, that was the sign of being able to be well-adjusted and to be able to endure when life throws you many curveballs. Being a fan of, of Mischievous Max helped me when I got older and had to have interpersonal relationships with people. He helped me to be able to have a place to go in my mind when the quote unquote friends weren't there that I wanted to have or um I felt alone or I, I felt dorky or nerdish or whatever it was. I always could go back and think about marvelous. I mean I call him marvelous Max. That's why I keep almost saying marvelous. So I'm just gonna be honest with y'all. I thought Max was marvelous. I didn't necessarily think he was mischievous. So there you have it. There's my truth. <laughs> but there there is so much that when I look at this, I'm, I am still amazed. And when, especially when you look at the story of how the author, uh, just so uh, he, he wanted to make books. He was an illustrator and he wanted to write books and do his illustrations. And just even the background of the story. Instead of wild things, it was originally going to be wild horses. And because when he tried to draw horses, he wasn't that good at it, he decided to make caricatures of his family members. And so the exaggerated animals uh, had, or it was said, that they had characteristics like some of his uh, Polish-Jewish relatives. And it was an amazing thing to learn that history. It was also amazing to understand that these same relatives and and family members had survived the Holocaust. And then that helped to understand the darkness that you might see or, or pick up on in the story um and it, it it made for me to to better understand it because to me there was a shared under, understated and muted if you will sadness of this kid that was raised by people who had known hard times i was raised by people who had known very hard times and thus our family dynamic was of people always preparing me and my siblings to be on the offensive, to know how to work when you're on the defensive. I mean, I was told things like, This is what you do when your mouth is in the head of the lion and how you work it out. I was always taught, you know, you've heard me over over time by now, if you've been listening, about certain little anecdotal stories and sayings that my parents would would give me, um, you know, of uh how to be smart and savvy, how to have common sense, street sense, and all of that. And that I am a product of that. But boy, when I could get on that island with the wild things and max, and I could dance around in the moonlight. And that was another thing. I really loved moonlight, still love moonlight. I've always been a silver person instead of a gold. I have, that's, that's my jam, I'm just gonna say that. Take it for whatever it, it, it means but that book just really was like I was like max is my spirit animal I just loved max and looking back at it because like I said I was reflecting on uh some of the wisdoms of of my childhood and th- and I wanted to reflect on things that affected me just you know in an intimate way because when when you're F- six kids in my family, six, and this book was one that I think I, I, I can't say for certain because maybe my other my younger siblings were like that, but I know for me, that was the book that was my comfort zone. It was my it was my Linus blanket for a while. It was my escape. It was my magic world where younger kids after me had Harry Potter. Yeah, I read Harry Potter when Harry Potter came out, but when I was a little, little kid, that book was my comfort and I would, would fall into the pages of it. And the happy ever after of him making it back because he misses his family Resonated with me, too. I was like, my family is crazy, but I wouldn't have any other family. And when he would get back on his little boat and come back um, to his home and come through, you know, and basically he, he was waking up from, you know, having fallen asleep to see that there was a hot meal waiting there for him that always warmed my heart because it, no matter what. I mean there were times when I would be so mad with my mom and if she were alive today she would say you're not mad you're angry. Cows are mad. <laughs> so I can even hear that right now. But there would be times when I was so angry with my mother that I would be in there crying and uh, when she would get hit by a car and all this kind of craziness. But there was nothing like knowing that my mom had my back. There, there, oh, there were, there's just so many robust stories that I can tell about my family and how when I came back out of that fantasy world and when I had had enough time by myself to, I guess, regroup, and there was always that tug, just like that book, to pull me back in. So I'm going to leave you with this particular wisdom smack as well. And that is that like mischievous Max and me, you can dare to be wild. You can dare to escape and to explore your, your shadow side. If you want to call it your dark side, whatever it is, you can do what you need to to explore all that makes you you. But understand that you cannot exclude anyone and just live off by yourself. And I mean, I'm talking to myself too, because I can tend to, you know, be an introvert when it comes, especially when I'm writing a book like now. There's all, but understanding there's always a tether to your world full of family, love, friends, loved ones, and all of that. You see, the great thing about this book was that while i was on these escapades the same escapade i'll say <laughs> the same escapade with max all the time i was also learning how to deal with my feelings as a little kid of what it felt like to be misunderstood confused ostracized dangerous or in danger all of those little negative emotions that you know we were too young to to be able to grapple with And yes, feeling like I can be a wolf too. I didn't have a wolf costume, but all of those things gave me joy because like Max, I knew that when I came back and I closed that book and I got to the end, those same siblings that I would be mad with and just, oh, why couldn't I be an only child? Oh, why can't I have my own room? would be there ready to love me, play a game with me, crack jokes with me. My mom was there with hugs and um, love and, and smiles and jokes. And that was a great thing. I'm going to go on and say that because of being felt okay at that young age to go off on my own and to not be afraid of, of going where the wild things live in my imagination, it helped me to, uh, I don't want to say assimilate, but it helped me to matriculate amongst people so that I wasn't socially awkward. I hope I'm not socially awkward, but you know, socially awkward or have um, anxieties. And I say that because I'm, I'm now starting to encounter a lot of people who do have these anxieties. And when I do get a chance to talk with them about their formative years, they never had that opportunity to be like mischievous Max. They never had that opportunity to explore that side of them. Now, I would be remiss without saying it was not like my mother repressed me in any way like that. She actually encouraged us to explore our personality. I was just a shy kid, and I I did it more so through books than I did through acting out, uh, unlike my other siblings. <laughs> I mean, I had my times, but, you know, I'm not, I'm I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is. And so... I just wanted to give a shout out to that book and I wanted to maybe bring some of you with me back down memory lane and to tell some of you are all out there too, that maybe if you haven't, it's time for you to go where the wild things are. So guess what? This is Michelle Spiva and I want to thank you for your time because mine is up. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And you continue to use our Amazon link that takes you directly to Amazon so that when you shop, we may get some a small commission that will go towards helping to continue to do this podcast. And you can find that link at MichelleSpiva.com forward slash eight mz until and until tomorrow say i'm saying have a wonderful rest of your day bye